Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at. Again, it's always an honor, always a privilege to be able to minister the Word of God to you. So however you're listening or watching, praise God, we're just grateful that you're connecting with us. Again, we encourage you to uh, send an email, connect with us, let us know how things are going, send us a testimony, send us a prayer request, whatever we can do for you. Anyway, we're just blessed that you're with us, praise God. So once again, we're going to dive into the Word of God, amen, this kind of being our uh, Sunday service. Uh, we're going to go to John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10. Hallelujah. And um, we are going to, again, touch on a couple things that we ministered last week. Last week, if you recall, we talked about knowing the difference. You know, we talked about a good God and a bad devil. Talked about the difference between, uh, you know, evil and good and, and just knowing the difference. Well, I'm going to kind of do kind of a part two on that. So let's kind of do a little bit of a couple verses, maybe just to lead us up to that. Verse 10, this is Jesus talking, John 10 and 10. It says this, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. He doesn't come except, that's what he does, all right? And I've come, Jesus said, right, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So what does that all mean? Uh Life, the word life there is the word zoe, which means absolute life or pure life. It means uh, a life uh, absent from death, darkness, or the curse, okay, which is good. talks about the life of God. In other words, um, uh, the life of God or the abundant life, all right? So when the word abundant here means exceedingly beyond, super abundant, superior in quality, even kind of fits in there, uh, talks about like the advantage. So in other words, this is a life that gives you the upper hand or the advantage, praise God. Okay, uh, real quick, I want to give you a couple of other translations on this. Uh, the New Living Translation says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. That's his purpose. That's what he does, all right? But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Amen. That's pretty good. Again, it's just bringing clarity, okay? Knowing the difference. Amen. A light and dark, good and evil, uh, uh, bad devil, good God. Amen. So we're just kind of seeing that. Uh, the Passion Translation says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you overflow. The message translation on the second half of that verse says that so they can have real and eternal life, a more and better life than they ever dreamed of or ever dreamed possible. Amplified says that we may have life and enjoy life, amen, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Praise God. Now, uh, that brings out pretty clear. To me, that's a, a verse that's kind of just, you know, brings it out, okay, defines it real quick. We have an enemy that's bad. We have a good a good God, praise God. Um we brought out a, a, in reference last week, Isaiah 5 and verse 20, and it just says this. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, okay? Who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, you'd think on this kind of thing that uh, there wouldn't be any confusion on this, right? You wouldn't think there'd be any confusion, okay? You know what's bitter, you know what's sweet, you know what's light, you know what's dark, uh, good, evil, you'd think that, but now we're in a day and age right now that everybody's got it all twisted up, okay? They're calling uh, evil good, and they're calling good evil. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty blatant anymore. 
And so I just kind of felt in my heart over the last uh, you know week or so, I've been a lot of this has been stern in my heart, and I just kind of felt like you know I'm going to talk about this a little bit and uh, um, you know make sure that we're all pretty clear on this. Okay, you as a child of God got to be clear on who. Uh, your God is, who your enemy is, and who you are. Because there's a lot of people looking around, seeing all kinds of stuff happening, and they're blaming God for this or that, when all along it ain't God doing this. It's the enemy, because the enemy's always bad, and God's always good. The Word says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning. And in other words, uh, there, there ain't no mistake. Good comes from above, all right? Bad comes from beneath, all right? That's just kind of how it lays out. Uh, I used a reference last week. I think we might have even started with it, but in Acts 10 and 38, uh, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So that gives you clarity. Jesus went about doing good. The enemy is the one oppressing, okay? So anytime there's oppression, anytime there's sickness, disease, darkness, curse, you know the enemy's behind it. And anytime there's wholeness and healing and deliverance and breakthroughs happening, amen, good things going on, you know who the author of that is. And that's God, of course. Amen. Now, today I'm going to kind of break it into something a little bit different. And we're going to go to um, Luke 13, Luke 13. And... um, Today, um, I think I'm just going to title this Eliminate the Confusion. I mean, there was a lot of confusion. So today we're just going to call it Eliminate the Confusion. And um, the, uh, the word's pretty clear in 1 Corinthians that uh, God is uh, not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. So anytime there's any kind of confusion there, you know God's not the author of it. Now, there's a lot of confusion out there, and there's a lot of reason for it. Most of the time because people have a tendency to listen to the wrong voices or have a tendency to be more moved by how things look. And uh, so what happens is pretty soon, you know, because of the way we're designed and the way, uh, you know, we are with uh, information and knowledge and, and data and everything else, that we have a tendency sometimes to formulate our own understanding or formulate our own, uh, you know, wisdom, how to, however you want to word it, but it's usually not anything from above. So that's why you got to stay connected to the Word of God, stay connected to your God, amen, stay connected in a place of fellowship and intimacy with God, amen, drawing from God, and if you'll do that, praise God, you keep yourself uh, in the right place. Like I always say, and I'll probably use this uh, quite often throughout uh, today or whatever, but you got to keep your head right, you got to keep your heart right, and you got to keep your mouth right. I mean, these are just things that are just good to know, and if you can keep those three things in order, and keep them in check, I guarantee you life goes pretty, a uh, lot better. It goes a whole lot better, praise God. And, you know, you got to keep your mind renewed. Because if you don't keep your mind renewed to the Word of God, then what happens is your head gets off, right? If you don't keep the right deposits going in, if you're, you're just constantly feeding on the wrong things, then the heart gets off. And if the heart gets off, the Word's real clear that everything comes out of the heart of man, all right? That means all your actions, your words, everything comes out of there. And if you don't keep that mouth going right, what happens is death and life are in the power of the tongue. And pretty soon you're saying things you got no business saying. And now you're opening up the door for the enemy to just ransack your life or your family or whatever it is, your business, whatever it is, your health, whatever. So anyway, a lot said there in, a, in, in just a little bit. But today, like I said, we're going to talk about eliminating the confusion. So we're going to go again, as I said, Luke 13, please. Luke 13. And let's go to... Um, I think I just kind of wrote down verse 10 is where we'll start. And it says this, 
Hallelujah. Now he was teaching uh, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, okay, and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity, okay, untied or loosed from your infirmity. And he then laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, quite a miracle. Now, we're talking about 18 years. This, uh, this elderly lady was bent over. And uh, I guess I say elderly. Maybe she wasn't all that old. I mean, we just, we just says a woman who had this for 18 years, so we just maybe assume it was an elderly lady. But regardless, for 18 years, she's bowed over, okay, and obviously been coming probably to that uh, synagogue uh, for those 18 years, if not more. And uh, here, we are, here she is, you know, every year or every day coming in or every week, whatever, coming in, sitting down, going through the service, getting back up, walking out and bowed over. Uh, and obviously a spirit, the word says here, it was a spirit of infirmity. So obviously it was demonic, okay, that, was, that had her bound up. All right. Now, Jesus, of course, speaks life looser from that infirmity and then lays hands on her, right? And immediately the miracle manifests, right? But the ruler of the synagogue, verse 14, answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Now, you know, we as hindsight, we read this and we think, man, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, ruler of the synagogues got issues, you know, <laughs> and, and, and probably rightfully so, right? Okay, it's kind of religious spirit or whatever. But the point is, is sometimes, you know, we read after the fact and, and, and we know that the man was, was wrong in his opinion. And, uh, but the thing is, he's confused, okay? All right, he's, he thinks he's serving God. He thinks he's doing God a favor. And somehow, you know, because of whatever, got an issue with Jesus. And here he is now ministering. It could even be embarrassment, maybe. Um, it could be a, a number of things. Um, but the bottom line is he, he gets upset about it. A woman is delivered, okay, after 18 years of coming to his church or his synagogue. And all of a sudden, in a matter of seconds, she's delivered, all right? And all he can think about is how, you know, this shouldn't be done, uh, you know, on the Sabbath. Okay, kind of silly, but but it's confusion. Okay, and we've all been guilty of these kind of same kind of deals. We get caught up in certain things when it's really not the, you know, it's a, a minute thing or something that we don't understand or whatever. Instead of and instead of really staying focused on what's important or the matter at hand, and in this case here, this woman needed to be delivered, and she got delivered. All right, verse fifteen. It says, the Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away and water? Now, you notice he said to loose it. Okay, so that's a word that he's been using in this text here. Okay, so to loose it or untie your ox or your donkey, which makes sense, right? They need to be watered. So you, you untie them, you walk them over to where the uh, watering trough or whatever, or the, uh, the stream or whatever it is. Uh, to to water your your animal, uh, he, he, we wouldn't think anything of it, right? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, in other words, she's a covenant child, 
She's a child of God. She's of the household of faith. Okay. The daughter of Abraham, whom, here we go, Satan has bound. See, there's no mistake who did the, the bind, you know, bound her up, tied her down, tied her up, so to speak. Okay. There's no mistake. Okay. It was Satan that did that. Okay. 18 years ago. Okay. And no matter how he got in, you know, no matter how it opened up, no matter what, what started the whole thing, we don't know that. And it doesn't say in here. All we know, it was demonic, okay? It was a spirit of infirmity that, that 18 years ago, okay, took hold of this lady, bound her up, all right? She's been bowed over, bowed over ever since, all right? I'm just trying to make, the, make it clear here, all right? So, whom Satan has bound, and he said this, think of it, okay? Think of it, okay? Whom For 18 years, shouldn't she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And of course, when he said these things, all the adversaries there were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced uh, for all the glorious things that were done by him. Now, of course, we know they're just trying, they're upset with him. He's, uh, you know, probably in a sense, making them look bad. So like I said, there may be a little bit of embarrassment there, but uh, they're trying to, you know, uh, you know, basically find fault in him. <clears throat> and so what they come up with is this thing, uh, you're doing something on the Sabbath and you shouldn't be doing these kind of things on the Sabbath. And uh, quite frankly, Jesus said, uh, well, what else should we do? I mean, shouldn't we be doing this? You know, and he, he it makes it kind of clear, okay, that, uh, you know, you wouldn't have any problem untying your animal from the stall and walking them out to water, okay, wouldn't think anything of it. But this woman here has been tied down, tied up, so to speak, bound, okay, that's what that real means for 18 years. Now, let me give you some other translations here. Okay. Um, the message translation of uh, verses, I think 15 and 16, it just says this, but Jesus uh, shot back at him, you frauds, each Sabbath, every one of you regularly unties your cow or donkey from its stall, leads it out for water, and think nothing of it. So why isn't it at all, at, why isn't it uh, all right for me to untie this daughter of Abraham and lead her from the stall where Satan has had her tied these 18 years? Think about it. Now, he, he kind of makes it kind of clear on that. Okay, you don't have any problem doing that for your animal, but you, for some reason, you don't, you're kind of missing the point here. This is a human being that's been bound up, and you, you don't think you know anything about going and tying your animal. Okay, well, anyway... Uh, here's the Passion Translation of that verse. It says, if you do this for your animals, what, what's wrong with allowing this beloved daughter of Abraham, who has been bound by Satan for 18 long years, be untied and set free on a Sabbath day? Now, I think, you know, there you go. He makes it pretty clear, okay, that, you know, he's trying to say, listen, you've got confused here. You're more concerned about your animal than you are about the the people walking in your synagogue here, okay? You're off, you're off here, see? You're confused about what's important. You've somehow lost understanding of our purpose here, okay? You're here to minister to people, all right? That's what he's trying to bring out to him, to, to see that this woman who's been bound, or anybody else for that matter, who's bound by the enemy, you're here to untie them and deliver them, all right? That they might move on with life, hallelujah, without... Uh, the curse without darkness, uh, you know, uh, running rampant in their lives, all right? And, and he's trying to show you're all worried about a day 
You're all worried about, you know, uh, what we do on a Sabbath day. You know, really, if you kind of stop and you think about that, the scripture talks about uh, in, uh, I believe it's Mark 2, he brings it out. He says, listen, the the Sabbath, uh, he said, you weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. In fact, he goes on to say, he said that I am the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, I am your Sabbath. Okay. Now, the reason I bring that out is, see, there's a confusion. See, the day of rest uh, wasn't, uh, you know, is it, you weren't made for the day of rest. The day of rest was made for you. And if you get that off base pretty soon, see, you, you lose your purpose. You lose what, what it's about. All right. And so he says, listen, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am your rest. I'm your Sabbath. All right. In other words, you're missing it here. Okay. You've lost sight of what you're here for. See, we have to eliminate the confusion. Okay. We're here to help people. Amen. I, I think about this, um, about getting confused sometimes. I think about uh, things like uh, when, uh, I believe it was Martha, uh, was um, uh, when Jesus uh, went to where Lazarus had, had died. Okay, and so Martha is talking with Jesus. Uh, this is before Lazarus was raised up. And Jesus said that Lazarus will rise again. And she said, well, yeah, I know he will. Uh, you know, in the resurrection of the last day, you know, I know he will then. And Jesus says, no, no, you're missing it. So you're, you're confused. You're, you're thinking sometime in the future. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. See, I think sometimes see, that's the thing. We get confused. We're, we're sitting here out here trying to, you know, strive and, and try to, you know, whatever. And he says, no, 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 whoa, 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 breaks, breaks, hold it. I am your Sabbath. I am the resurrection. I'm, I'm, I'm the abundant life. See, that's curse. That's darkness. Don't get it confused here. Okay. Don't, 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 don't get confused about, you know, what, what his purpose is. Amen. And what your purpose is, or, or we could even say what even the enemy's purpose is. Okay. Because he's here to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. Okay. And then, and to this, uh, to this minister of the, or I should say the ruler of the synagogue here, he's trying to say, you've lost your purpose. You don't have any problem understanding, you know, the importance of walking out to your stall, even on a Sabbath day and loosing an animal to walk it to water. But for some reason, you've lost the understanding that the people that walk in your synagogue every week need to also be loosed from whatever bond or, uh, curse or destruction that the enemy has tried to lay on them. It's just, it's just sometimes we get confused. And I think about how many times people get caught up in things and miss the, miss the point. All right. We get caught up in stuff and we get so caught up in things. And then we, the whole time we're missing out on the true purpose. Amen. We we're missing out on the fact that we're here to bring life. Amen. To make a difference. Not to get all caught up with the world and what they're thinking. Are you hearing me? I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'm just trying to bring out here. You know, uh, you know, if you need joy, where do you find it? In Him. If you, if you need rest, where do you find it? In Him. If you need empowerment or grace, where do you find it? In Him. If you need resurrection power, where do you find it? In Him. Amen. If you need you need that rest, that Sabbath rest, if you need that, where is that? It's in him. All right. It always starts in him. And so, 
You, we can't lose sight of that. All right. Don't be confused. All right. And, and uh, again, I'm kind of stressing this a little bit, doing it on purpose, because a lot, of, a lot of the things that get said to me in the course of a week from individuals, and I'm thinking to myself, you're all worked up and you're all stressed out about things that you got no business being worked up and stressed out about. And we've all been there. There ain't any of us that haven't been there. But when it really just comes down, we get, we, we're confused. We have that moment of confusion, that, that spirit of confusion. We could even say sometimes the spirit of stupid gets on us. Amen? It does, don't it? But we have to eliminate that confusion, all right? Because you got a God that's good all the time. Amen? A God that's with you. A God that will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen? A good God. Amen? Doing good things. Amen? Bringing healing, bringing deliverance, bringing breakthroughs. Amen? bringing freedom and liberty, praise God. Even though you got an enemy around that's trying to, you know, create havoc here and there and confusion and issues and all kinds of stuff. If you don't, if you, if you, if you yourself get confused, amen, it was time to eliminate that confusion. Get it gone, amen, and settle it today, praise God. That you got a good God, amen, that's looking out for you to drive out the evil that's around you, hallelujah. Praise God. All right, let's, let's look at another text here. Let's go to Luke 6 since we're in Luke. Praise the Lord. Luke 6, please. Luke 6, and I'm going to go to verse 6. All right, another story here. It says, uh, now it happened on another Sabbath. <laughs> also that he entered the synagogue and taught, all right? And a man was there whose right hand was withered, all right? In other words, it had been kind of curled up in there, so it's withered. So the scribes and the Pharisees, now get this, are watching him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. Uh, you know, you see again, confusion, obviously, right? All right, well, they need to eliminate the confusion, right? So they're sitting here, they're obviously studying him, waiting for him to do something wrong. It says, but he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, he said, arise and stand here. All right. So he made that gentleman get up and stand close to him there. All right. And uh, so he arose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. See, look at now. He's driving out the confusion here. We're eliminating the confusion. All right. Or at least trying to. I mean, just because we you know, attempted it don't mean everybody receives it. And obviously in his case, not everybody received it, but I think it's still our part to do our best to eliminate the confusion. And that's what he's doing. I will ask you one thing. All right. Try simple here. Just simple. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? All right. Is it better to do good or better to do evil? I mean, that'd be pretty simple, right? You think that'd be a simple answer. I mean, he's trying to make it real simple for him. Is it better to save life or to destroy life? It's simple, right? What would it be? Well, I would think it'd be better to do good, right? I think it'd be better to save life. Now, you and me, we're, we're, we're reading this after the fact, right? So, I mean, you don't know if you would have been in that synagogue at the time, you know, where would you have been? Okay, would you have got caught up with all the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees that are sitting there trying to, you know, constantly uh, trying to nitpick things and find things wrong, get religious and get caught up in the, you know, you know, in things they probably had no business even getting caught up with. 
and missing out on the, on the important things? Or would you be the person sitting there thinking that none of this makes any sense, right? Well, he's looking at it. Jesus is looking at it thinking none of this is making any sense. Come on, what would it be better to do on the Sabbath? Wouldn't it be better that, you know, to minister to somebody and to bring life? Wouldn't it be better to save an individual rather than destroy them? Now, there's a reason that he said it this way. Now, verse 10, and when they had looked around, or when he had looked around at them, at them all, in other words, he made eye contact with everybody there. He said to the man then, stretch out, remember the man standing right close to him here, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored uh, as whole as the other. But it said they were all filled with rage, talking about the, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees here. They were all filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. All right. So obviously they had wrong motives. Now, wouldn't you say they're confused? I'd say they're confused. Okay. I'd say the spirit of confusion is definitely on them. And I'd say that that spirit needs to be eliminated, right? But now listen, okay, I'm just trying to bring this out because, you know, we sometimes can sit back and we can poke fun at the Pharisee, poke fun at the scribe or the Sadducee or somebody else that's got, you know, a, a foolish thing going on because you're sitting here reading it after the fact. But you have to understand, we've probably all been in that boat. We've got caught up with things that maybe, quite frankly, weren't really the priority. Okay, maybe we should have let that go and got more focused on the right thing. Maybe our our purpose got skewed a little bit, got got tainted a little bit, and we get caught up with stuff. And pretty soon we're thinking, you know, like the religious scribe or Pharisee here, or we we start thinking like the world thinks. A lot of times that's what happens. We we hear things, and we get caught up with things. Watch things on the news, which quite frankly, uh, you know, is probably dangerous nowadays. Okay, uh, we, we hear things being said, watch things online. We, we uh, listen to things on the internet. We, and somehow, if you don't watch it, if it's not based out of the word of God, somehow or another, it's going gonna, it's gonna to skew or, or going to taint, okay, a perspective. And pretty soon your head's wrong. Next thing you know, your heart's wrong. Next thing you know, your, your actions and your mouth are wrong, all right? And don't even realize it, that you've, you've, you've come into a, you've come under, I should say, maybe a spirit of confusion because we're listening to the wrong voices. It happens. Now, the other translations in this uh, text here, uh, out of verse uh, uh, 9, I'm going to use verse 9 with the message translation. It says, Jesus answered them, let me ask you something. What kind of action, I like how he says it here, what kind of action suits the Sabbath best? Doing good or doing evil? Helping people or leaving them helpless? Okay, it's a good, valid question. I like how that's worded, right? All right, here's how the Passion uh, Translation words this. I thought this was interesting here, okay? It says, Jesus said uh, to all who were there, let me ask you a question. Which is better? Okay, to heal or to do harm on the Sabbath day. Now get this, I have come to save a life, but you have come to find a life to destroy. You say, what? See, now get this, Jesus, I came in here to help somebody, to save a life. He's saying, now listen, he says, you came, you came in here to, to find me doing something wrong. You came in here not to see somebody's life get made better, you came in here to try to destroy me. 
That's what Jesus is saying to him. And if you go back and you read this text, amen, that's exactly what's happening. Remember, they're watching him closely to see whether he's going to do something wrong. And even at the end, even when he calls them on the carpet, they get, they get all mad and upset, and they try to decide what they're going to do now to him. They're, they're not thinking about, I mean, it, it's like it went right past him that some gentleman who had, been, had a withered hand, we don't know how long, maybe this gentleman was born with this, we don't know, or maybe just through uh, some disease or sickness or whatever, some, just regardless, it's the curse, we know that. He's got this withered hand, and probably... To be honest, he's a man that probably comes into that synagogue every day. I know we kind of sound like we've got a broken record going on here. But listen, okay, these gentlemen who are fighting and warring against Jesus might even know that guy's name, carry on conversations with him every week, probably know his family. Come on. And he comes in and he goes out every week with a crippled hand, a withered hand, it says. He comes in, Jesus comes in, and within a few seconds, okay, this man's restored. All right? But they don't seem to care about any of it. They don't seem to mention any of that. There was nothing about that that says, you know, well, that was a neat thing that he did there. That was great that, that uh, George got healed. You know, no, they weren't thinking that. All they could think about is destroying Jesus somehow. Okay? Now, that's what Jesus was bringing out. You're, you, you know, you're here to try to destroy me. I'm here to try to help these people. Okay, we're trying to make this clear. All right, there's obviously confusion here. Somehow you're off on this, and we need to eliminate that confusion. Are you still with me? Let's go to another text. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 12, please. Matthew chapter 12. Hope you're hearing this today. <sighs> Hallelujah. Now, the point I'm trying to make, obviously, I think I've been making it, but it, it's real easy to get yourself confused. It's real easy to lose sight of what we're really here for. It's real easy to lose sight of a good God and it's, it, you know, and to, to get caught up with all the bad and yuck going on. I've had people even recently make comments that, well, this thing's happening. Why would God allow this to happen? Or why would God let this happen? It's like, whoa, whoa, breaks. Hold it now. Hold it. First off, don't lay that on, on God. Uh, you know, it ain't God. Okay, God's good. Never lose sight of it because once you get off on that, you're going to instantly go into this realm of confusion. And then your thinking gets skewed or gets, gets off base, gets tainted. Okay. And so you need to understand God is always good, devil's always bad. Okay, and if there's a bad devil operating or giving place to operate in your household or your business, your church, your health, whatever, we can your family, extended family, whatever, you have to understand, don't get mad at God cuz something isn't being handled. What you need to do is stand up, amen, and resist the enemy. But see, if you're confused about some of that, then what happens is, again, all right, the enemy has a place, the enemy takes ground, and pretty soon you're, you're, you're not only wondering why God didn't do something, pretty soon you're going to be offended at God when you have no business being offended at God. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're offended at God, it's time to repent and to change. 
Because I guarantee you, an offended heart ain't going to receive anything, especially if you're offended at God. Now, I'm just telling you here, okay? We got so much going on right now, the last thing we need to be doing is giving the enemy any more place. All right? There's enough of that mess going on around us, around our communities, around our state, our nation. The last thing we need to be doing is giving him more place and giving, you know, allowing him to come into our own households and ransack our lives. All right? A lot being said here, but here we go. Matthew 12, and I'm going to go to verse 22. It says this, Then one was brought to him, talking about Jesus here, one, one was brought to him who was demon-possessed. Now, so we're making no mistake, this is demonic. It was a demon-possessed individual. And it said, blind and mute. Okay, so couldn't see and uh, couldn't talk. And it said here, and he healed him so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. Phenomenal miracle. Phenomenal. And all the multitude were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Could this be whom the scriptures were talking about, the Messiah that that is to come? You know, that's what they're saying here. Now, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Okay. And wouldn't you say they're probably confused here? huh? Now, of course, they're like I said, there could just be, okay, they're embarrassed or it could be, uh, you know, maybe, um, uh, maybe they're feel, you know, they're you know, just upset that the fact that he's doing this and they can't or whatever. We don't know. Uh, jealousy, you know, uh, envy. We don't know what's, what's creating all this. All I know is, okay, they're confused. And it could just be flat. They're being used by the enemy. And chances are that's probably part of it, definitely. But Jesus knew their thoughts, verse 25. And he said, here we go. He said to them, every kingdom... Okay, now he's talking about kingdoms here now. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city and house divided against itself will not stand. No matter what kingdom, no matter what city, no matter what house, it's the same. So we're we're talking about a, 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 a full corporate level, or we're talking about a personal level at home, regardless, a house divided will not stand. Okay? A community divided will not stand. A kingdom divided will not stand. Okay? It's just a principle. All right? So he goes on. If Satan, and he's making it clear again. See, I think that's the cool thing, especially about the things we're bringing out, the references we've been using the last couple weeks, is we're making it real clear. Jesus makes it real clear who your enemy is. All right? The enemy has come to steal, kill, destroy. He's the oppressor. He's the manipulator, the accuser of the brethren. Okay? He's the one that comes. He's the father of all lies. All right? So you have to understand that's who the enemy is. That's the enemy's uh, purpose. That's what the enemy has set his mind to do, whereas Jesus has set his mind to bring deliverance, healing, breakthrough, life, and life more abundant. Amen. That's what he has done. That has been his purpose. Amen. And because we're of that kingdom, that is also our purpose, all right? And we cannot lose sight of that. We are here to bring life, 
to bring healing, deliverance, breakthroughs, amen, to bring people uh, to a place of, of salvation, amen, and deliverance, hallelujah. That's what we're about. He said, Satan, uh, pardon me, if Satan casts out Satan, verse 26, he is divided against himself. How then will this kingdom stand? And if I, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, all right, or by the, you know, the, uh, what do you call him earlier? He called him uh, the ruler of the demons, Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. By whom do your sons cast them out? In other words, if you're saying that I'm casting out evil spirits by the enemy's help, then, then what about your, your people? What about the ones that are, that are ministering to others and doing that? Does that mean that they're doing the same thing? They're using the enemy for their source of, of uh, uh, strength or whatever it is to do that same thing? He's trying, this is foolishness. You can't say that I'm doing this and then those others that are doing it are not. You, know, you see what I'm saying? He's just saying there's just confusion here, all right? He said, therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, he's letting me know, okay? I'm doing it by a different spirit. I'm coming out of a different kingdom here, all right? If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you, all right? Or how can one enter a strong man's house? He's asking a question. How can one enter that strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? In other words, hallelujah, and then it goes on to say, and plunder his goods. How? Unless you've first been empowered to override him, so he says, I've come from a different kingdom. I'm here to override that kingdom. He said, I ain't, I ain't from that kingdom trying to do damage to itself. He said, I'm from a different kingdom, a higher kingdom, coming here to eliminate the problem that, that was caused by this other kingdom. Are you kind of hearing this? All right. Verse 30, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Now, I thought what I'd do here kind of like we've been doing in the other ones, I'm going to read a couple reference uh, out of a couple different translations here. And in chapter, uh, the same chapter here, but verses 28 and, uh, through 30 in the message translation, so just the last few verses I read there, we're going to read it out of the message. It says, but if it's by God's power that I am sending the evil spirits packing, I love that, <laughs> this is the message translation, but if it's by God's power that I am sending the evil spirits packing, then God's kingdom is here for sure. How in the world do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter a house uh, of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his uh, possessions unless you tie him up first, right? Tie him up, though, and you can clean him out, right? Hallelujah. He said, this war... And there is no neutral ground. I love this. This, is, this would be the verse 30 here. This is war, and there is no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, I love this. You're making things worse. All right? That's, what he's, that's out of the message translation, okay? But he's letting it be known, okay? Listen, you know, the enemy, you know, has, has been holding, like in this case, he's held this man captive, okay? And he's saying, listen, he said, he said if, if, if I've come in here and I've eliminated and done, uh, you know, I've eliminated that captivity, so to speak, or I've, in the sense of maybe the same word we use in one of the other texts, I've loosed that man from captivity. Okay, he's trying to be known. How does that happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happens. A higher power, a higher, you know, 
a stronger, uh, more uh, empowered kingdom has stepped in here, has bound the enemy himself and taken his goods. That's what he's showing here. So that's exactly what Jesus did to the enemy here. Okay. By the spirit of God or by the kingdom of God. Amen. I've stepped in here with that authority, rose above the authority of this other kingdom and took back what was rightfully ours, or I could say this man's, whatever. Okay. Here's the passion translation of this. On the other hand, if I drive out demons by the, by the power of the Spirit of God, then the end of Satan's kingdom has come. Who would dare enter the house of a mighty man and steal his property? First, he must be overpowered and tied up by one who is stronger than he. Then his entire house can be plundered and every possession stolen. So then join me. For if you're not on my side, you are against me. And if you refuse to help me gather the spoils, you are making things worse. All right? And that's what he's trying to bring out here. He said, listen, we're called to eliminate the curse. We're called to override this other kingdom. For right now, this kingdom has been ruling in this gentleman's life. We stepped in here with a higher power. We stepped in here with a higher authority. We stepped in here with, with more dominion, or at least, at least walking in dominion. Amen. And we bound the evil one. In this case, he referred to me like a, the strong man that has held this man captive. We have bound this, the evil one and then plundered his goods, took back the life of this individual. Amen and restored this man back to the way he should be. Praise God. So you think about this. So now he's saying, listen, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not doing that, then you're probably just making things worse. And this is kind of what we've been talking about today, that the spirit of confusion comes on us, and then pretty soon we're not, we're not helping anything. We're actually bringing more, you know, we're actually making things probably worse. We're probably, you know, aiding in the problem here, when we get caught up in things, amen, that we shouldn't be caught up in. We're here to deliver, to help, set captives free. If we lose sight of that and just get caught up in all the issues, get caught up in all the little petty stuff, pretty soon we're just making things worse. We ain't helping anything. And that's what he's bringing out. Now, I thought, you know, this, he talks about binding the strong man. I was just thinking about, you know, if you kind of, you, you know, you actually, if you move ahead in, in, in this gospel, uh, you like Matthew 16, and you see where Jesus said, you know, I've given you the keys of, of, of the kingdom. And he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in the heavens. We see the same thing being said in, I believe it's like chapter 18 also. And I think it's like verse 18 also. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in the heavens. Now, what he's telling you here, he says, and that's kind of what we brought out a little bit last week, is that same authority and dominion you've been given. So when we're seeing the enemy, okay, that is dominating in a situation, it could be in an individual's life, it could be in a, in a home, a household, it could be everything from health to uh, to, to in, you know, your finance, it could be your business, it could be your family, 
could be your marriage. We could say all kinds of things. We could sit here all day and mention, you know, 50 different things that maybe the enemy has somehow slithered his way into and has bound an individual or a family. Now, listen, if we don't watch it, pretty soon we're sitting here analyzing everything instead of doing what we're called to do. We get confused about our purpose. And it's real easy to sit back and say, well, you know, uh, this person's that way because of this, or I wonder how they opened the door for this. Or, well, well, it breaks, hold it, time out. You, you, get too, you go down, too far down that road, and next thing you know, you're confused. You lost sight of your purpose. We're here to deliver people. We're here to help people. Amen. We're here to, uh, to administer uh, life to people. Amen. Why? Because the good God is our God, a God who res- resides and, and dwells on the inside of each and every one of us. Praise God as believers. Amen. We're empowered and we have authority and we take dominion over the enemy's camp, over the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. With the kingdom of light, we operate, praise God, making a difference everywhere we go. But if we get confused, and lose sight of that. We may not be helping anything. We might just be making some things worse. Now listen, I ain't saying any of this to be condemning. I'm not trying to be critical. It's just that I think sometimes, you know, with everything that goes on, especially in this day and age right now that we're in, I mean, it is amazing out there where uh, evil's being called good and good being called evil. I mean, you can't hardly even you know, listen to anything without hearing that happening. Okay, we're here to make a difference. So don't get caught up in stuff and get confused about what you're here for. Get confused about what we're about. Amen. Let's make a difference. Let's eliminate the confusion. Amen. Let's head forward with with our purpose. Amen. And that is to follow as uh, Jesus as our example. Praise God. And the same works he said that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Amen. Why, he said, because I'm going to the Father, and I'm sending you the helper. So now we got the helper on the inside. We got the word of God with us. We got the armor of God. We got everything we need to resist our enemy, stand our ground, take dominion and authority over the enemy, not lose sight of our purpose, making a difference everywhere we go. Praise God. Hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory once again for the word of God, for these principles. We give praise, hallelujah, that we can walk, praise God, as overcomers and conquerors, that we can walk in the dominion and authority that you've given us, that we, everywhere we go, we can eliminate darkness, eliminate the curse, praise God, make a difference, praise God, and driving out confusion, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of those around us. Hallelujah, because we serve a good God, and for that we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.